Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Palmer Grab podcast. And I'm delighted to come to you today from a 7 0 win for Villa against Burnley. No, sorry, actually, it wasn't 7 0, it was a nil all draw. Uh, Villa versus Burnley felt like it could have been 7 0 with the amount of chances we had. But uh, unfortunately, alas, we couldn't hit the back of the onion bag. Myself and Paddy are here to talk about the game and to give, uh, give a little synopsis about our first draw of the 2020 2021 season. Paddy, how are you doing? Okay, thanks. Um, I'm actually strangely positive about you know how we did tonight. Um, you know, having strolled, <laughs> scrolled through a bit of Twitter since watching the match, um, been scratching my head a little bit on how pissed off people are because, um, I think in years gone by we'd have probably lost tonight, mm. having made so many changes and missed so many chances. So, you know what, it is what it is. Uh. Glad to get uh, glad to get a point on the board because we 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 didn't get it against Southampton. We didn't get it against Brighton. Uh, we were terrible against Leeds. So you know it stopped the rot on on the home performances. And I think the only way is to look forward at this stage. That's kind of my view in it as well. I like obviously we can look back and we can say twenty seven shots. Amar Gazi had eight. Jack Grealish had seven. Bertie had four. You know between the three of them alone. Can't uh, call him Bertie. <laughs> he's Bertie, he's Bertie Traore, and that's 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 his name. It's Bertrand Traore. Is a massive. My tongue is 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 too big for my mouth, and it gets caught in my teeth nearly when I say it. So Bertie is a lot easier, uh, for me. But uh, 
he I do you know what there's people calling him a lot worse tonight and I don't think he deserves it but uh <laughs> but the, the guys the three I suppose the three of those guys the three behind Watkins they had uh they had what was it uh they had 16 shots of our 27 uh between them and uh I must say that it was very wasteful at times, and that's not having a crack off the off off the players because God knows there was times last year when the players didn't have the confidence to shoot, and they were they were trying to literally walk it into the back of the net. And I don't really mind players having shots and so on. I just think the composure really wasn't there. I thought Amwar Agassi was really up for tonight, and I think maybe he was probably it just didn't go for him didn't fall for him like that one in the second half uh jack played him in and he was maybe about 10 yards 12 yards out from goal and he kind of fluffed it straight at the goalkeeper kind of went side footed like uh, a, a striker there that knows that he isn't playing for his place and, and is is a fixture in the team he goes with the instep there and he takes the net and all and drives the goalkeeper back into the net i think there was a small bit of uh uh, you could you you could see that this team isn't our number one team, that we were missing players and there were players coming in to try and to try and uh, and, and impress. I think. Would you think it's fair to say that, Paddy? That there was a small yeah. bit of that going um, on. Obviously, uh, Anmar is the one that sticks out, and he, he played. You know, the, there was a, an old manager of mine that used to say he's got ants in his boots. Mm. He, he he probably took on a couple of the shots too soon. He was just, you know. Don't get me wrong, I thought he did quite well, other than mm. his end product, I thought he did very well, uh, credit where it's due, um, his finishing left a lot to be desired, and his decision making to when to actually take the shot left a lot to be desired, but you know, it's it's a lot more positive than the Amor Algazi we're used to talking about, so mm. um, I, I really do wish him the best and hope that he pushes on from from last weekend and, and, and this performance, because the signs are there that he can do it. I just, I just wish he could do it every week because mm. there's, there's no doubt that he has the ability to put the fear of God into any fullback or any centre half the way he could inside tonight. You're just like, whoa, where did that come from? Mm. You know, and he, he can't. Well, shoot. He, there's no doubt he's well able to do it. He just needs to be able to do it consistently. Do you know what? Actually, you, at times it reminded me tonight that when he was taking a shot, he was almost concentrating almost nearly too much in his technique and too much in what he's learned and too much in what he's seen and too much in what coaches have told him. And it almost seemed unnatural. Like there was times there where uh, it was w- one in particular. He was outside the box and he he swung a right boot at it, and it was a it was a lovely it, it was a picture perfect shot. Only it didn't go in. It just bent low lovely around and it had relevant power and he kept his head yeah. down and he got his knee over his head and everything. It was a Ronaldo-esque strike. And I know I've, I've kind of uh, uh, said to him that he, he wants to play like Ronaldo, but doesn't have the, have the end product. I and mean, this isn't having a go at him. It's just the thing I saw that he, it's like if he really concentrates on his, on his technique, uh, whenever he's trying to take a shot and, 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 uh, the the kind of the natural kind of snapshot that uh, that that some players have, uh, maybe that's something that he's kind of coached out of himself. No, I'm not mm. saying that's a negative at all. I just thought it was very, uh, just thought it was it was very noticeable today. But it could be like he's commentator said today, and I forget this all the time. He's he's only 25. He's only 25, and you know, I, yeah, but. I, 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 I know he should be heading into your prime like he should be. He should be grabbing the world by the collar. Watkins is twenty four. Yeah, and he should be too. Mm. Um, 
we'll get on to him shortly, I'd say. Yeah. The one the one that upset me the most was the one you, you said when Jack put him through that he didn't put his laces through it because that's that's what it was crying out for. Yeah. Um also the one that he curled around the post which you're just gone. You know, he, he could have taken another four touches on the ball before yeah. he, he take he take on that shot. But look, we 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 had plenty of chances. Um, I'm not sure how many went to Ollie Watkins in the end. Not too many, I would imagine. Um, it was a very congested area for him to operate in. Um, didn't see much of the ball. Uh, Ollie Watkins had four shots. Four shots, lar- yeah. largely missing throughout the game. You know, it's and it, it's difficult. It is a difficult position to play when you're up against a fairly defensive midfield and centre halves. Yeah. So you're effectively surrounded by at least three at all times w- when mm-hmm. we break. So um, it's a tough job for anybody. Um, I just hope we we don't have a striker that's go- only going to turn up in the big games and score goals in the big games, but. <laughs> Look, what can we do? It, it yeah. is what it is now. And uh, I suppose from Dean Smith's point of view, he's got to figure out um, when it comes to this again, how, how we go and break down teams. I think I think biggest thing today, I, I texted you at one stage and I said, Watkins, I thought a small bit today, his movement was a small bit annoying. Um, that when cause, Because our game plan was very much to to run, at di- run diagonals from the box. And I thought that Watkins wasn't dragging players away like he did. And then in reflection after the game, I was thinking back and I was going, but like he could have ran in any direction. Tarkovsky and and Ben Mee, they weren't going to leave their defensive duties because that's literally all, that's their bread and butter. That's all they're there to do. Like Ben Mee is, Ben Mee is just like, he's just a stopper. He's, 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 he's one of those nasty old school defenders like that is going to get in and around you. He's going to get, get his limbs mm-hmm. anywhere on you, in and around you and so on. And then claim that you've dived and uh, you know he had he had a ton of folds today as well. I but you know he's he's a throwback, so you don't expect anything anything else from that. So from that point of view, what I'm trying to get at here is that Watkins wasn't going to drag them left, right, and center. He had a very tough game today, and, and on reflection on it, you couldn't lump the ball up to him. You couldn't play the ball down the side of the two defenders because uh, the height difference was absolutely huge. And Taylor and, and Loughton played actually very narrow, narrow yeah. beside them as well. They were completely contained. Yeah, yeah, uh, they were they were very much in con- in a kind of a containment defense. They they were allowing us to take the out to take the outer track as such and try and try and commit it a diagonal. Um, and hence the reason that El Ghazi was so involved in all our attacking yeah. play and and had so much space. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and like we still attacked. I thought it was really interesting that even though even though Jack Grealish was in the centre, we still attacked over nearly fifty percent of our, all our attacks went down the left wing. So, you know, it, it's it's it seems to be, uh, like like that 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 was that's kind of a plug and play thing. That that how look, I'm going to say it how pivotal Matty Target is to this team. So because you know if if it's a case that Jack Grealish was there was a reason we were playing it down the left so often in previous games was because Jack Grealish was there. Well, it didn't really change tonight. We still played 40, 47% of our attacks down that left wing and, uh, you know, it just went went through Al-Ghazi. Um, I think what we probably lost, and this is going to sound a small bit silly, but I think with Jack Grealish out in that left wing, you get that opportunity. He kind of takes it into the box a small bit and tries and shift it inside the box, maybe drawing a penalty. Um, 
defenders don't seem to lunge in as much anymore. But Elgazi wasn't doing that. Elgazi was taking the ball across the box a small bit more and taking a shot from maybe a small bit further away, which, look, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It was just a different approach from a different player uh, coming in from that side. And look, he had eight shots. The whole lot of Burn- the Burnley team only had six shots in, uh, in, in total. So, you know, himself and, and like Jack, himself and Jack Grealish had over double uh, the Burnley, uh, the Burnley shots uh, yeah. themselves. Um, one other chance I think we had that I was a small bit disappointed in uh, is it was one where Jack Grealish got into the box. He dribbled into the box. It was on the end of a run and he kind of came a small bit more central and he put it over the bar and the defenders kind of parted for him. And, <laughs> you know, and another day, Jack just sticks that in the back of the net. And he, he, he was, look, it was a slaloming run. It was He'd come a decent distance with with the ball, from what I can remember, and, and he put it over. And it was kind of at that at that time that I felt our luck was out, especially after in the first half, Ollie Watkins gets a chest on a ball, Loughton is in perfect position on the on the goal yeah. on the goal line, and then Courtney Howes gets his head to a ball that cr- comes back off the crossbar. You know, we had a lot of attempts today. Yes, they didn't go in, but once again fourth game in a row our attacking intent has been really really good we just have to tweak it and and to um i think polish it a small bit so that we are like this game could have been four or five tonight it it, it really could have been four or five and, and you have to think that if if Trez, if Trezeguet has the chances that that uh el Ghazi has and or, or even uh, ross barkley <laughs> i think we're coming away looking at a completely different story tonight and i, I don't mean that as any Slight on El Ghazi. I just think he tried too hard. Um, it's you know I I think we get Ross Barkley into that side. We're flying at yeah. the moment. Yeah, we we are actually flying. Um, there's very little, very little to worry about defensively. Um, they did they had a couple of chances in the first half. They had a couple of chances in the second half too. But we were by far and away the better side. Mm. Um, like I I remember. I didn't go to many games last season, obviously with the, the pandemic and ever, but I went to the Burnley game. Um, I think that was the one that Conor Horahan's toe was offside when McGinn scored, yeah. um, according to VAR. And they were much better than us, you know, and that's that's when I'm comparing, you know, standing the whole day and watching that last year, uh, leave, leaving the ground very frustrated. Um if I was there tonight, I, I would have been frustrated for a different reason. I'm, I'm there frustrated because we were the much better side, we had much better chances, we had much more, uh, much more of the ball, much more shots, and uh, just just couldn't get the goal. And you know, um, probably a wrong choice of words earlier when I was talking about you know <laughs> how do, how do we convert them into chances? How do we convert them into goals now? Is is mm-hmm. what we got to look at because you know. I do believe that the, the game on, on Sunday is completely different now that Big Sam is there. I'm sure they're uh, completely different training session today than what they had last last uh, Thursday. So? so I do, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I envisage it'd be completely different. Um he's just one of those managers that comes in and changes everything. So um obviously we, we wouldn't have looked at uh West Brom until tomorrow anyway. So it's not going to change what what Dean Smith does until those guys sit down tomorrow and go. Uh, how much are are they actually going to change their game? Because you know Slavin Village is a bit more of a football kind of guy than than Sam Allardyce. Um, maybe not. Maybe not straight away. You you wouldn't know what what's going to happen, but we have to be prepared for all eventualities. But 
Um, I suppose the, the number one concern is now where where are the goals going to come from? Um, you know what what's the conversation about when to take the opportunities or when to take the shot on? Or even if it does come to that, are, are we going to look at a, lot, a whole load of players back next week? Is you know is Matty Cash, uh, Trezeguet, uh, Barkley, obviously Douglas Louise will come straight back in. No slight on the camera. I thought he did very well tonight in fairness to him. But uh, we could be looking at a completely different team on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, majorly pissed off after the two games where we could have had last minute penalties and came away with nothing. I think tonight has to be a positive when you look back on where we were last season against them and where we were a few weeks ago missing out on last minute penalties. We were solid at the back. I thought Courtney House had an absolutely fantastic game. Yep. Um, My man, Courtney. I really cannot understand how anybody gives him any grief because the the guy is a fantastic defender. Um, And look how close close he came to being the hero tonight. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's just not a ball-playing defender, but like he's... He's he's very much Premier League quality. I and like, I, I look as I say, everyone's going to have their own different thoughts in it. And I'm not shaming anyone or anything by saying it. I'm not trying to say, look, this is my platform. I think he's great. You know, what do you what do you see? I just think he's a good player. If you if, if other people don't think he's a good player, that's fine. I'm not going to try and convince anyone. I I really I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's just a good, solid defender. He's not a world beater or anything like that. But I prefer to have him on my team. I have him on my panel than than to 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 come up against him because it's you know you saw it tonight. He he marshaled Chris Wood pretty well. He marshaled and he was doing all the marking today between Chris Wood, whether it was Chris Wood, whether it was Ashley Barnes, whether it was Jay Rodriguez, whoever came into the penalty area, it was his job to pick him up. And yeah, look, he's he's he's, he's a good player. He's a good squad player. I and and I've I've no problems whatsoever with Courtney always being in an Aston Villa shirt. And I don't either. I, I like if Mings went down in the morning, mm. six he's in like there. you know we just we had an illness mm. today. Cried off quite late. Um, if that happened to Mings tomorrow, I'd have no qualms and no worries about about Courtney House being in there. So, you know, I'm, I'm delighted for him that he played so well because he got he got an awful lot of stick on on social media before the game. He didn't kicked off, which was I thought was really uncalled for. So, you know, good luck to him. I think I think yeah. I think as as you know, when we put everything together that we've spoken about and how different we are over the few weeks. I think I think we have strength and depth that we didn't realize that we have. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get a bit worried. You know, we go, oh, we've two players suspended, we've Ross Barkley out injured, and then of course we we had the sickness laid on um, of uh, Esri Kanza. So, you know, for four major changes in the team, um, still had the line share of the possession. By far and away, the better side. More, more shots on target. More shots off target. Too many shots off target, mind you. Mm. Um. So, you know, I I hope we can look at the positives. There's a, there is a lot of positives there. So, um, yeah, I think we just got to look forward now and draw a line under it. And it look, uh, it, it could have been better. But... Yeah, I I I'm definitely on your on, on your point of view. And I suppose just before we leave the leave the Courtney House thing as well, is he going to have bad games in his career? He absolutely will. Just like Tyrone Mings and Ezri Konza will, you know, and just like every defender has has had bad games. But 
you know, it's any any defender that can come in and give you three or four or five solid games in a time or in a time of need. Like look at Liverpool, they've lost uh, they've lost nearly every centre half they have, and they're basically putting in auxiliary players in there and they're getting performances out of them. And, and some of them aren't even centre halves. You know, to have that to have that depth of people that uh, they can just come in and give you a seven out of ten or a six mm-hmm. out, six and a half out of ten and just not not make any mistakes and. And look, that was good from him tonight, and it was good from El Mohamedy tonight as well. Was I was I thrilled to see El Mohamedy in there and not Gilbert? I must say, I must admit, I kind of wanted a bit more pace. But El Mohamedy came in; he's as cool as a cucumber on the ball. He's so good on the ball. Now he's got about as much pace as myself at the moment. But uh, you know, it's like like he's he's as, he's as calm and collected, and he knows how to defend, and he knows when to get forward, and he knows when to cross from deep. And he wasn't outstanding tonight. He was a six out of six and a half out of ten. But once again, get something wrong. He did nothing wrong. Yeah, exactly. Wrong. And getting through the game, I think, was, was very important for players like himself and Howes mm-hmm. because they haven't had a lot of game time this year at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I disagree with you being a six or seven. I, I would give him an eight or nine out of ten. I thought he was fantastic. Um, I think the one thing Elmo gives you is complete consistency. Mm. When we lose the ball, you know exactly where Elmo is going to be. If, if we lose the ball with Matty Cash, <laughs> there's a little bit more work to be done to get back into position. Um, I think his crosses come from deeper, and the yeah. reason they come from deeper is it gives him enough time to recover. He doesn't want to get to the byline, yeah. yeah, yeah. He knows his limitations. He knows he can't go that extra thirty yards and, and and cross the ball and expect to recover if they break quickly. So, you know, he plays to his strengths. He's a good, 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 solid footballer. I like him. Um, a little bit worried what's going on with Gilbert. Um, I know. He wasn't uh, Dean Smith signing because he was signed and went yeah, on loan for the Bruce, season, yeah. and you know eventually showed up and was part. You know he, he was part. He was part of the furniture last season, and I thought I thought you know there was great promise there. We we don't know what's going on behind the scenes whether he's not putting her in and training or he's upsetting everybody or uh, who knows who knows what the issue is. But he's a young footballer. He's our player. His, his contract is what another couple of years, so. Um, a little bit frustrating. Just it not enough frustrating is probably the wrong word. I just I would just like to know what what the issue is and mm. and why he's not part of things. Yeah, I I think for for the for the, the what's going on with Gilbert, I'm a small bit more comfortable with the fact that it's not Paul Lambert. Like it was very obvious in the Paul Lambert years and the years that that ensued afterwards. You know, with Tim Sherwood, the small time Jim Tim Sherwood was there and Remy Gard and oh Jesus, Dimiteo, God. You're getting itchy talking about that that run of managers, but there was a there was a clear and obvious bomb squad there. There was a squad that weren't allowed play, and there was a squad that kind of that festered. I don't think there's anything like that. I think it's literally just a case of, um, it's it, it it's a case that that the managers are the priorities at right back. And look, while we all like Freddie Gilbert, I'm I'm you know one like a right back ain't gonna isn't gonna make or break my team. You know, if the other right yeah, backs well, are in there and they're not making mistakes, it's not going to break or break my team. I, I would have started him, but are, are they going to give Elmo another contract? You know, the yeah, El- Elmo yeah. Elmo's out of contract at the end of this season. Um, you know, if, if you look across that team, if if Maddie Target goes down, I'm worried. I'm worried yes. about what yeah. we have to come in. If Maddie Cash gets a suspension like he did, I'm not worried. Because I faith in Elmo, and I've, I've, uh, you know, I, 
I'm not overly concerned about Gilbert either. Um, but you don't know what's going on in, in Dean Smith's head, whether he doesn't like how attacking he is or whatever the case may be. But um, it's just a small bit worrying to, you know, to think about it in, in the in the long term, because obviously all our talk at the moment is we need a left back because yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody trusts Dean, uh, Dean Taylor. <laughs> Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor yeah. um, that's that's just the general perception is that that's the case, and I think he's out of contract at the end of the year, so we will need to bring someone in and and cover yeah. that position in the long term. If, if it's going to be Matty Target or if someone is going to come in and replace Matty Target, whatever the case may be, absolutely. But I don't have that concern at right back at the moment, and I, I, that's 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 very fair. Yeah, yeah. So you're thinking more along the lines of. What's the story of Freddie Gilbert from a more longevity point of view? Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's fair. Yeah, I would have the same mm. concerns over that as well. Um, my my initial thoughts was I, I don't have concerns about Elmo coming in for a game here and there, as you said, to, to look after suspensions and, and so on. Uh, but yes, from a longevity point of view, I completely agree with you 100%. Um, we didn't see Jacob Ramsey today. Uh, we saw Marvellous Nakamba and we saw John McGinn in midfield. Any any uh, any kind of thoughts on, on how that midfield duo got on today? I know they weren't tested too much down the middle, but but is there anything there that you saw that would give you hope or despair with regards to? Um... I don't think there's anything to worry about as such. Um, I think you know what you're going to get with Nakamba. Um, I actually thought McGinn had a really really solid game. I thought he was mm. back to his ever vessel self. He was. You know that that little turn of the arse was there, and he was he, he didn't give away the ball like he had been doing earlier on in the season. He looks like he's back to to full tilt, and just touch wood, I hope he is. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with Nakamba. Um, it's so a different a different kind of defensive midfielder to um to Douglas Louise because I, I just think Douglas Louise is a better footballer. And the range of passing that he has is so much better. I think if if Nakamba has to pass over twenty meters, I'm a little bit worried. Twenty? <laughs> well, I'm being divided by four. We have a loss today. <laughs> I know, no, I'm I'm only joking, but I, I know what you mean. Like you're not going to get that raking ball, that crossfield ball, like when Douglas mm-hmm. Louise might pick it up on the edge of the area over at one side, and he may, gets this lovely raking ball right onto Jack's foot. You're not going to get that on Nakamba, and Nakamba isn't going to try it because he knows he's you know he's not going to be as accurate but I 100% agree with you in that aspect I thought uh, what you said there with McGinn, with McGinn should I say is uh, yeah he, he had a very solid game today I thought he had to do a lot more defensive work and he could it was like as if he well he, he it wasn't like as if he absolutely did have to do more defensive work because he you just knew you weren't going to get the up and down the flank from from Traore or from Yagazi um and he needed to. It needed to be. It needed to be a case of two sixes as opposed to a six eight ten today because Grealish was in the centre and it was a case of Grealish could play could 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 straddle the eight and the ten roll, but you had to have two sixes in there. Mm. And um and and I thought McGinn did did pretty well today. I personally like as I say when Douglas Louise is in there, you can play a six eight ten or play a six and two eights with McGinn yeah. and Barkley are there. And I'm I perform McGinn in more of a a central midfield role as opposed to a defensive or attacker. Um, but look, as I say, he, he was fantastic today, but the mouth does water again, thinking about having that midfield access uh, of three again of McGinn, Luis, 
and uh, and Barkley because um, we're what we're coming up in five games now without Barkley, four games, four or five games. Yeah, mm. we've missed him. We've oh, missed we him big style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just a quick word on uh, Bertrand Traore. I thought he looked a bit sharper tonight than than he had done over the last yeah. few weeks. Um, defensively, he was there. Would you, would you want him to be, you know, when, when we needed him? Um, the, the only disappointing point was when he got in at one stage and, and elected to pass the ball along the six-yard box yeah. rather than take on a shot. You know, similar to the uh, the criticism of El Ghazi when he should have put his laces through it. I, th- I thought he should have done the, that exact thing. And, you know, who knows where it's going to rebound or hit off yeah. or whatever. So, you know. You've got to be doing it, and I'm sure Dean Smith would have said the same thing to him. But I think while he didn't look like it by any means by a finished article, I think I think there is promise there. I think I think I'm I'm positive enough that we will have a player out of him. Um, I said it a couple of weeks ago that maybe he needs a couple of full ninety minutes to to get into this, and you know maybe that's where he's at. I was very impressed at his work rate getting back. You know, call yeah. a spade a spade. You know, we give out about people that don't do it. So, um, you may as well commend them when he does it. Absolutely. Um, so fing- fingers crossed that you know the the green shoots are there for him. Um, we don't know how long we're going to be without Trezeguet. So, you know, some people are saying it's the new year. The club haven't said anything about it. Jesus. So, you know, it is what it is. It, it, if we have if we have Barkley in there with Jack on the left and him on the right, I'm okay with that. You know, mm. it's fine. Yeah. Um and I think I think Paddy, we've not seen Bertrand Troy play with Barkley. You know, uh, unless it was unless they, they played during that Bristol game, which I think they might have actually started off that game together. Possibly, we've yeah. not we've not seen them in a Premier League game together. And I think I think Bark Barkley unlocks an awful lot of of uh of doors for players like Grealish, uh Traore, even Trezeguet. Trezeguet was a much uh, more fluid player and a much more mm. attacking-minded player, I think, with Barkley in the team. And uh, when Barkley went out of the team, Trezeguet's industry and uh, kind of, it, it kind, I won't say it lapsed, but it, it, he was might he was he was going at hundred percent. Maybe it goes ninety percent, eighty-five percent because he had to he had to kind of concentrate a small bit more on. Okay, I'm going to be getting more of the ball, so I can't get into these positions. I can't make those long busting runs yeah. because I'm going to have to take the ball a small bit more with me. I won't have someone playing me in. So it's just Jack that's going to be playing me in. I used to have Ross Barkley, that, that kind of thing. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Troy when he can play a small bit more of a positionless football when Barkley is in there and he doesn't need to be as, as rigid because, you know, he's been a couple of things have been said about him that he's very left footed and that's, that's fine. But if you let him kind of drift across the, top, the, 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 the front of uh, or, or drift across between that back three or that sorry that that uh, that that three of himself and Barkley and Grealish. If you let him drift across there himself and Grealish can swap over, you know he caused a small few problems. But he but I think Barkley is the key there because teams need to mark Barkley and they need to yeah. mark him good and tight. Because well, I had this discussion recently with uh, a friend of mine about he's gone. Oh, oh, you think you're missing Barkley so much? This is good. T- teams can double up on Grealish when he gets the mm. ball. They can't do it while Barkley's in the team because he's an equal threat. Mm. 
can can equally as likely unlock a defence. So you you've got to be mindful that he's there. Um, I think it might have been a completely different game tonight if if Barkley was going through the middle and Grealish was out wide. But however, we we can only play what we have. Yeah. Um, when we haven't got a clean bill of health, so um, I'm not I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pissed off by any means about the performance tonight. I thought we were much, 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 much better than we were in the likes of Southampton and and Brighton game. So, um, you know, w- once you see improvement, I think you, you've got to be happy. Um, but the elephant in the room is, you know, I think if we spend a bit of money now, this is a big claim to make at this stage. But if we spend a bit of money on a couple of players in January. We, we won't be too far away from European football without even, you know, pushing the boat out here. It's mm. not it's it's not that out of our reach. We could equally equally be sucked in at the opposite end of the table. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when when, when the transfer window opens. Because yeah. uh, um, my mind is telling me that the management team are probably happy with what they have. But my heart is telling me, go on, push it now, push right. it now. You know, there's there's talks of you know it surfaced during the week about Delhi Alley. I'm gone. Just buy him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get you get him for Figure a it out afterwards. Six left in his contract. <laughs> just do it. You know. Yeah. But but then you know, you're not managing the team. You, you you've got it, and you know we always talk about the kind of togetherness of it. Um, having too many players makes that a little bit more difficult and they probably need to balance the books by getting the likes of um, Henry Lansbury off the books, for example. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a lot to be considered. But this season, I just think there's a, a very fine line between being a mediocre mid-table team and pushing for Europe. It's it's that close, and it's it's not completely beyond our possibilities to be pushing for Europe. Oh no, I, as I, mad I, as I, that sounds now. No, it, it I don't it, think it does, Paddy, because today today we see like, and now look, I'm going to make a, going to probably make a contradictory statement, but today was the first day that our squad has been tested. Four players, five realistically, I suppose, really when you think about Trezeguet as well. There's five new players in that team from from where we we were at the start of the season, and. If you improve the quality of our bench, I'm not saying we go out and we flog Conor Horan. I'm not saying we go out and we flog Keenan Davis. I'm not saying we go out and we flog El Ghazi. I'm saying we bring in players that are maybe a slight step up above from those guys. Mm. Um, and, and this, like, like as I say, you know the time we have for Conor. You know the time we have for, for these guys. We're not throwing them on the, on, on the scrap EPA. And it's, it's not flogging either because you're not going to get enough money to go invest in the team no, by, but it, by selling these kind of players either. Yeah, but what I'm saying what I'm saying is like when our, when our squad was put to the pin of our collar, we had three defensive players on the, on the, the bench tonight and we had, we, we had Keenan Davis who's never scored in the Premier League and we had a young fellow who was only 19 years of age who's had yeah. one cap. You know, that's and that's that's realistically what's, what, what we had in the bench today. So I'm saying you go out, you get... You go out and you spend money on a central midfielder. You maybe spend money on another winger. Or you spend money on a striker, and then you let look. You let the cards fall where they may. After that, I'm not saying you go out and you spend forty million on, on per player and spend one hundred twenty. But I'm saying you go out, you make nice, smart signings. You pick up players. I don't. I, I'm. I know that the, it's it's not in the wheelhouse of the of what we've seen so far of Johan Lang. Go maybe buy a player 28, 29. But 
like someone like a Pierre Emil Hoiberg who's gone in, gone and play for Spurs. R- nice little player, you know, mm-hmm. just a just a no nonsense, solid, do it all player who can play in a system. Get those plug and play players that can help us, and then maybe maybe spend maybe thirty million on a striker. I don't know. Look, I'm trying out numbers here that Villa have only ever spent once before. Uh, you know, thirty million on a striker to come in. That means we'll have three thirty million or three big money strikers. But you're better off looking at them than looking yeah. for them. That's well, what I'm saying. We've spent it before because it's only been relevant now. Yeah. yeah. The last time we were in this position, nobody was spending that kind of money. Or even if you want to go out Five, and get like a Deli Alley on loan for six months, see what happens. Then let him like gets us into Europe. Let him go to Paris Saint Germain or wherever. You know, mm. let him go to wherever he wants to go to afterwards. Bring but, on, bring in. I, I believe we got to think big at this stage. Yeah. You know, who would have thought about Ross Barkley? I know Ross Barkley wasn't a massive star, but like when people were saying, is it going to be Ross Barkley or is it going to be Ruben Loftus Cheek? Everyone said, it was like, oh, well, it's going to be Loftus Cheek because he's been on loan before. Why would Ross mm. Barkley, England international, come to play with Aston Villa? And he did. And he came to play with us. And I think we can, we can maybe ruffle a few feathers in the transfer market because money. Well, I'm not going to say money is no object because we don't know what the way what way COVID is, but uh, I I think we're I think people are looking at us as an attractive team. I think so. I, I think I think it's a, a place where people can come and play football very mm-hmm. very easily. Yeah. You know, Birmingham is not too far from London. If people want to stay in London, and you know, we saw players like Paul Merson and that in the past commute. It's not easy. But if you come and stay a, few, a couple of nights a week, you know, you could have a really good living in a, and, and be part of something, you know, that has great potential. Mm. Um, attracting a big name player is tough. It is tough. You mm. know, we've seen it in the past. But if there's money there and ambition there that we haven't seen in a long time, who knows? You know, it's. We, we don't know what way this financial fair play is panning out. So maybe we can push the boat out now rather than worry about it later on. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's do it if we can. That's, that's always been my opinion. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Look, as I say, at the end of the day, I, you said that this, that this management management uh, team may be happy with what they have. I, I don't think they are. I think that, they couldn't look at the bench today and say, you know what, we have exactly what we want on the bench. I know they've got Wesley mm-hmm. to come back into that, but uh, I think they, I think they know that we're maybe two or three, two players maybe short of of having a pretty. In fairness, rock it wasn't them either. Course. We looked at the bench tonight and went, oh yeah, oh hundred percent, change this and how how yeah. can we freshen it up? Yeah, and you know myself and Stephen sat in the couch and went, uh, Connor be handy in there, but yeah. You know, are you going to take off McGinn or Nakamba for Connor? Are you going to take off Jack? Are you going to push Jack on the wing? There's so there's so much to think about to, to fit someone into the the team. That's but, it. You know, I think I think if we can add possibly another, you know, I don't know how far off Wesley is. It could be February March before he's actually playing at that level. Who knows? Mm. So do we buy a striker? Do we buy an attacking midfielder? Do we buy... I think we do need to buy a left-back. I know Courtney yeah. House can play there. I, I I hate saying that and being totally dismissive of Neil Taylor, but he just he just hasn't done it for me over the years. So that... And and to be honest, it's the same with Amwell and Gazi. You know, I think, I think if offers came in, they, they'd probably snap their hands off at this stage. But I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think that's the way it is, unfortunately. Um... So, 
you know, it's an interesting couple of months ahead. Um, I think I think we we got to see out this busy Christmas period and see where we're at. You know, the yeah. first of first of January last year brought us big problems with losing Wesley and losing Tom Heaton. Who knows where we'll be mm. towards the end of January? I think we could be yeah. in a much stronger place. But you know, with, with players like Henry Lansbury earning an awful lot of money for not even being part of the squad. Uh, the 25-man squad that you have to submit to the Premier League is is kind of a bit uh, frightening, you know, for mm. for a club like us. So I don't think there'll be many, too many mistakes made like that again. So yeah, it'll be I've, interesting. Like if the club could come, maybe look. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I think someone like the Mary Gray at Leicester is out of contract at the end of the season. Maybe pick him up. Maybe pick up someone like you know go to the continent try and find. Some striker from Italy, like that, like Milik, the the Polish guy from Lazio. He's he's moved there recently. He's not really getting much of a game. The the club seem more open to doing that, I think now, and and I think that's probably what we will see in in January. Uh, is it going to be the right the, the right uh, the right strategy? I don't know. I know that people would prefer to get proven Premier League talent, but at the end of the day, trying to get proven Premier League talent in January is tough. It always is. But look. This is the great thing about talking about it on the 17th of December, Paddy. We don't have a fucking clue what's going on behind the doors. And it'll probably be the 29th of January before we sign someone anyway. So we're going Who to knows? have tons Who and knows? tons of time to go through it. Sure, if, we, if we've given... Uh... If we've given the the general public to listen to us 10 minutes to think about yeah. what could happen in January, so be it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we're exactly. all dreamers, aren't we? And that's why we're here and we're Villa yeah. fans, so... Fuck it, let's we'll, sign We'll enjoy man. the ride. I don't think we've got to look down this season, but having said that, we're, we're 10 points off rele- relegation. relegation yeah. Who knows? You know, but I, I'm confident that we're going in the right direction. I, I think tonight could be a game changer for us in that, you know, we, we I think in previous times we would have probably shipped a goal late on, mm. you know, and I think I, I messaged you early on going, yeah, <laughs> all the signs of a one nil. This could this could very easily end up one nil mm. to them. So um, it didn't happen with another clean sheet. We've got, you know, I think we should rename the uh, the Laker Sports um, Man of the Match Award to the Laker Sports Emmy Martinez Emmy Man, Martin, of the Match Man of the Award, Match Award at yeah. this stage. <laughs> yeah, because he just he just digs us out of it so often, yeah. you know. You know, we we often talk about you know leaving Jack Grealish out of votes and stuff like that. You're nearly leaving him out of it at this stage. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Do you know what I love about him? I love how he. I love how he just like old fashioned, just catches the ball. He never palms it, never punches yeah. it, never taps it, tips it over the bar. Backs himself and he catches the ball, and it's so reassuring. Like there was mm. one stage in the first half, a ball came across the came across the the just the six yard box, and he came out and he gathered it, and I was never in doubt. Couple of shots came straight straight down the pipe at him. Just yeah. ca- just caught it. No nonsense. There was one shot at him, at, and for those that don't know, my son Stephen, he's fifteen. He's a goalkeeper, and he just said to me, "What right did he have to catch that ball?" <laughs> yeah. And I was going, "What would you do?" And he went, "Double fists, push it out as far as you could." You know, and you know that's that's the difference. The guy, you just. He uses confidence, and the only time he's been beaten recently has been bit worldly, you know. So, you know, long may it continue because he he has been a rock for us, an absolute rock and a fantastic signing. Yeah, and delighted to have him there. So, on that note, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Have you any objection to the Emmy margin is Lakers Sports Man of the Match award? Nah, let's give it to him. In the absence, in the absence of a goal, the fact that he didn't concede any, I think he's our he's our man of the match. Yeah, uh, and I I think a special mention has to go to Courtney House. I thought he was brilliant yeah. tonight. Thought he, thought he did well. Thought Jack Relish did well. Thought uh, I don't think there was anybody that was absolutely terrible today. Yes, we had players that didn't score and took too took too many shots and probably should have scored. Um, yes, but. Put it this way, I think that I think my overarching feeling about tonight is I prefer to be taking shots and creating chances than to not be creating chances against a team like Burnley. You know, whether they go in or whether they don't, look bounce of a ball in a different day. We could it could have been four nil. You know, I prefer to be creating chances. We create a chance against Brighton, we create a chance against West Ham, we create a chances against Wolves, we create a chances like in the last four games, we've created chances. We've just been luckless really in front of goal. Uh, when when the need was most, I think we've been luckless. And and hopefully that'll come. I'm I'm not I'm not over the moon about it, but I prefer to be creating chances and being with a fighting chance, shall I say, uh, than to be going, well, look, this is three three games in a row where we haven't had a shot in target and it's four games in a row and we've only had two shots in four games. There was yeah. times last year where we were going through games and not having any shots. Now we're having 27 shots. We're disappointed because they're not going in. Rightfully so. In both cases, we were disappointed. I just prefer to to have be creating the chances to take shots than than, than not to. And and um, you know, as I say, if we can keep up this form, we'll we'll run back into a good a good run of form again, a good run of goals again Absolutely. against teams. And we we'll need them over Christmas. So that's going to do it for tonight. Um. Thanks everybody for 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 listening as always. Uh, thanks again, Paddy, for popping on. Uh, you can catch Paddy on at Philip Paddy. You can catch the podcast on at Love McGrath Pod. Uh, as I said, just a frustrating night, I suppose, from the point of view we we saw what we could have had and we didn't have it. And, and Burnley are going to going to be the, the happier team leaving Villa Park tonight. But once again, we didn't lose a game at Villa Park, which which is good comparison in comparison to the to the start of the season that we've had at home and. Onwards, I think, towards the Baggies on Sunday now. Uh, that is a more of a derby game for sure than the Wolves game. I, I don't think we'd be debating whether that's a derby game or not. And, uh, I don't think so either. He, um, he, I think Ty Bracey called it a diary, uh, derby today, the, the Wolves game, and I was laughing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, look, as I say, we're two fellas from Ireland, so they, we, as I said, we don't have to walk into work and get shit from Wolves fans. So absolutely, uh, maybe we don't see it as much of a derby, but I'm sure the guy, <laughs> I'm sure people in Birmingham absolutely do. Um, but yeah, as I said, we've got we've got the baggies at this week at the end of the uh, at the. At, 7, 7.15 on Sunday. That's our wheelhouse. That's yeah. where we do our best work. So uh, I'm expecting at least 14 goals from Aston Villa uh, against, <laughs> against the Vaggies on Sunday. But we'll be back with a very short preview of that uh, maybe on Saturday for some of your outreal pleasure for your ears. But until then, uh, have a good, safe couple of days and uh, don't dwell too much on a nil-nil draw. I'm sure that we'll have, we'll have better days. And all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.